And then I spent money I didn't have on these fucking paint. These that's a fucking huge Elvis print. That's real gold fucking frame. You, you can hawk that, that frame. You can take that shit to like a dealer, get them to melt it down. You a need dealer a to melt down the frame. Yo, people Yo, fucking turn the Philly off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, take the frame to the pawn shop. Take it to the pawn shop. God Yo. damn, taught you well. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, dude. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you taking this time out to sit Always, down with me bro. and fire dance, dog. Uh -huh. All right, uh, what are we playing, man? Uh, Mario, the new Super Mario on Switch. Uh, what did I just say to you? Oh, I said. You didn't say nothing. <laughs> we just started. <laughs> Sorry, it's been a whirlwind. <laughs> All right, let's go. You can't also be Luigi. I'm Luigi because I'm Yo, taller than you in you real get, life. No, no, I'm like Luigi because I, let me, I was at a hotel in Atlanta mm -hmm. and uh, the old black uh, lady behind the register, she was so sweet. I, I'm getting quarters to do my laundry and she goes, mm -hmm. you know who you look like? I go, who? And she goes, Luigi. <laughs> And I go, oh yeah, I usually get Mario, but I'll take it. I he's go, not like a compliment. He's a successful plumber. You sure I'm not Mario? And she goes, no, Luigi. And she already had it on her phone. <laughs> and then the next day I check it out. I was like, all right, mama, have a good one. She goes, bye, Luigi. Uh, I like that about old great. black women, though. Me too. Whatever it's they, the whatever they address you as is what you are in their oh mind because God. that's how they have to categorize it. Mm. So a nickname is just a way for them to fit you in their life. Mm. So anytime you come back to the hotel, you're going to be Luigi. Hi, and I got to be Luigi. Mario. Dude. Luigi is the best one to me. I like. Well, no, they bump Mario up because it's all his stuff. Yeah. But, and Luigi should be like, eat, welcome to the Flower Kingdom. So um, what Monroe calls my apartment because I'm half gay. It's I mean, have you seen this apartment? Mushroom Kingdom. <laughs> The apartment's dope. It was far from gay. He Yo. needs a gay touch. You need something. I had to burp. Nah, I when when Olivia <coughs> lived here, I let her redecorate everything. She put up. She painted. We got new furniture, but I the paintings are mine. Okay, what did she do? She painted everything. You remember this? All white. used to be white. It's still white. Ian. Yo, you were colorblind. Yo, this is fucking Ian. tan. The the fucking walls over there are blue. Like, you, you're an insane person. I'm not an insane and person. And ever since you hit your head, like, four years ago, you've been different. <laughs> you think <laughs> you, so? You have no memory. Yo, you fucking, do you really think Yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Tell you make snap decision judgments, and it's like, yo, yeah. cool it. That's not true. What yeah, snap dude. decision judgment I mean? You go, oh, is it this? Oh, is that? Oh, is this? And I'm like, yo, chill, 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 yeah, chill. Dog. This My is wife not... did the same thing. What? We got the same color, and to me... If you're going to choose a sand, you might as well just paint it white. All you're doing is going, let's just get a, a, a darker uh, a darker shade of white so we can touch the walls. Just fucking paint it another color. It's Stop being safe. Aesthetically, it's nice. It's softer. If it's too white, it's too sterile, you know? I, I didn't like that she went with the china silk. What's blue. the china silk? That blue. That like I'm be honest, 
it goes perfectly. If well, y'all can see that, if y'all can see, she liked it, and I, I you, didn't. But I said, "Baby, do what you want." If you see it, if we could like show what his kitchenette looks like, it comes. I see what she was going for. Mm -hmm. I see I, the silk green with mm -hmm. the uh, what is that? The the cabinets, but mm -hmm. they're like golden. Yeah. Really? They're like golden. And well, then we, we, you got the white already. So then it doesn't make sense to have the tan because now you're just throwing in another nah, fucking dude, color white, that our eyes got You were here with the white. It was too sterile. It was too, you know. And then I spent money I didn't have on these fucking paint, these this fucking art. That's a fucking huge Elvis print. That's real gold fucking frame. I spent like a fucking month's rent on that because I was like, I got it. And then I, I didn't have it. And oh. I was in trouble for a minute. <laughs> you might have saw that frame. You yeah, I had to pick up road work. I didn't want to fucking You can hawk that, that frame. You can take that shit to like a dealer, get them to melt it down. But why Elvis? Why do you a need dealer a dealer to melt down the frame? Yo, people yeah, forget. Turn the Philly off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take the frame to the pawn shop. Take it to the pawn shop. God Yo. damn. Taught you well. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, dude. That's fucking Look, wild. I'm trying to help you, man. Ah! I'm like, Lord. Oh, you see the, you see the brass? <laughs> Look at the brass. You tell me. Come on. Yeah. What's the wire here? Copper? <laughs> you give me 10 minutes, I'll give you $10,000. Come on. Oh. <laughs> Yo, hey. She taught me how to survive, all right? Uh -huh. I see an opportunity in this house. Uh -huh. You're you're like, oh man, I, I was Dude, I would love I was for you for to have, a while. I'm like, I would take love that. to have you host a show on HGTV called Crackhead Reality. And then I'm just like <laughs> and it's flipping houses on a crackhead budget. Yeah, yeah. You you meet with the family and you like Write down everything. You go. All right. Let me let me think about it. You take out a crack pipe. You hit it. And you're like, here's what I gotta do. I'm like, look, winter only lasts for two uh, months, three months, uh, and you're lucky, right? Yeah. We don't need any of this yeah. metal. We can scrap that. Take the metal out. Get cardboard. <laughs> you see my spot on Vine Street? All right, come on. Oh, that made me laugh so much, dog. Upon receiving an invitation from Prince Florian. Oh wow. Oh my God. That's me, Florian. Luigi and the others are traveling here for the first time. What part of Delaware are you from? Wilmington. That's like the hood, right? Or some of it, yeah. Some of it. You I'm didn't like, grow up in the hood part. No, I'm like five minutes outside the hood. I grew up behind a shopping center. You grew up in a shopping center? Dude, there's that head injury again. Yeah, I grew up <laughs> in a shopping center. I grew. Yo, I, you could, yo. I grew up in a Sam Goody. I believe it. In an FYE. Oh no, it's Ken Cooper. It's Dante Nero. <laughs> <laughs> A woman's role is. <laughs> I'm clipping that. Y'all yeah. gonna be fighting now. I love Dante. Man, I love Dante too, man. Yeah. Grew so up what was it growing up in Wilmington, Delaware? Because I didn't really start going to Delaware until I started doing comedy. I mean, it's like this. What the fuck? You can't say the same because growing up in Philly, <clears throat> growing no. up in a part of Philly that I grew up in, when I went to Wilmington, I was like, this seems. It seemed, uh, at least a good part of Wilmington seemed like... Well, you didn't let me finish. Above. Go ahead. I was going to say it's the same as any other suburban sprawl of like, you know, you, you, 
you do like, you know, like Little League and, you know, you go to the school and those friends you make you with for life and those blah, 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 you know, like, I didn't grow up in the city proper, mm-hmm. so I can't relate to that, but I ended up teaching the inner city, but I I didn't experience that unless I was like doing volunteer work in the city when I was in like high school. Was that... King B. Bowser, how could he steal our wonder flower and our flower castle too? I can't so believe So let me ask you this question. So when you're teaching kids from the inner city and you were raised in suburbia, uh-huh. like what's their common ground? Like uh-huh. how did you try to relate to them? Oh, well their common ground was all of them hated me. So that was their common ground. <laughs> no, they didn't hate me. Uh, you know, I, I really had to learn. <clears throat> it was such a lesson in life <clears throat> um, to leave my white ideal of discipline and behavior and expectations at the door. Mm. And when you go into someone else's world, you acclimate to them. You don't expect them to acclimate to you. And I initially at one school thought that, you know, my like, you know, white, stern discipline was blah, blah. And then it was like, I learned to let them, you got to pick and choose your fires and to expect a community of people to change their, you know, idea of, of learning and discipline and everything to like my ideal, we're coming from two different worlds. So I feel like whenever people enter different communities, it's up to them to, like, I get so fucking mad when, like, whites move into my neighborhood and they, like, don't introduce themselves or make friends with people or whatever. Uh-huh. And, like, you know, they'll all talk about, like... Do you say anything to them? Gentrify... No, but I talk to my neighbors. Oh, dude. Wait, let's get that fucking tin. Oh, you don't collect points. You don't like doing that? What? You collect points? Yeah, look. How do you see that fucking thing floating? Oh, you got it. Good yeah. work. We're oh, elephants. We're elephants. Right, but I'm listening. Because I have a follow-up question to no, after you No, but I, t- I talk to my neighbors, and they're always like, yeah, these people like don't talk to us, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, so I was talking to some bitch outside of a show in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and she was like, oh, I lived in that neighborhood, and, you know, I lived by the park, and, you know, it was so nice, but the, the kids play at the park so loud at night, and I would you know, I have to file a noise complaint. I felt so bad, but you know, people have worried and I'm like, you stupid bitch. Do you realize that like them being in the park is infinitely better than them being on the corner? Like you're in their neighborhood. Like Mm. how dare you, you know, like, and if you didn't like it, scope out the neighborhood ahead of time and fucking don't live there. Like what, what does it matter with you? So you came up in a, you would say you came up in a a strict, household because you said oh, yeah. you, you did yeah oh yeah you don't like, strike me as a type of person that would come up in that well i my dad raised me super strict but mm-hmm. when he died i was eight and then my mom you know god damn she did her best yeah. and she was strict in like wildly different ways but like oh it uh how do you get up there Yo, you know, you gotta, you kind of gotta play this game while also holding Y, because Y would just make you jump higher, run yeah, faster. Yeah, but what is, what is this water thing that goes out of my face? I mean, it's probably your your power that you use oh, to. Oh, yeah, and that's Y for me. So you're making me lose all my. 
Yeah, but when you hold Y, it makes you run faster. And ain't no water thing coming out of your face. Look, I'm pushing Y, ain't no water. Nah, dude, wait, some, some sort of water's gonna come out. See? Oh, because you're in the water. Oh, you gotta go get the water. Oh, it's good for water. Yeah. And then you oh, go uh, the I got a wonder seed. Yeah. <laughs> we just started playing the game. You don't know what any of this shit mean. Alright, so. So your mom was uh strict. No, my dad was strict. But your but and my dad you're... had like discipline and like all this stuff. And then my mom had to be both like a mom and a dad. And yeah. you know, it's like at the same time she needed <clears throat> you know, a friend and a husband and a fucking confidant and mm -hmm. I became all those things. So instead of being like, you need to be in bed by eight, it's like, well, no one else is in the house but us. Yeah. I don't have a husband. You can stay up and watch TV with me till three. Yeah. How long did that last for? Oh, always. But like. What do you mean? Like to what age? Until you. I mean, I still stay up super late. <clears throat> you know, like. Bedtime is like, what is that? So can I, I don't know. But I was like a troubled kid. Mm -hmm. So I would always get in trouble. So I liked when I, cause when I taught middle school, I fucking hated it. Kids are yeah. the worst. They're fucking liars, they're sneaks, they're manipulators. It's like really, really tough yeah. to get on that level. High school I loved. And I love teaching like the bad kids because I was like a real bad kid. Mm -hmm. So I like really got along well with like the kids that were like problems. Mm -hmm. And they would like, it really taught me like, like they would, they would like test me when I would go in. Like, it's like prison, dude. You gotta, you get tested and are you going to be a bitch and fucking <clears throat> old or are you going to stand your ground? So they would like rip me and then I'd hit them back with a roast and they're like, all right, you're cool. Let's go. Yeah. And that's, whoa, go down there. Okay. And then that's how, that was like, because I oh, went you're from, over there. You see you in the back? What the fuck? That's Because cool. I, I went from being like, um, you know, my way of, you don't get up and walk around. This is bad to being like, okay, that's how you are. You can, oh, I thought I was you for a second. Mm -mm. Like, oh, uh, you thought you were killing it. Oh, yeah. You, <laughs> I, like, you're a kid that gets up and walks around the room instead of being like, where, how dare you? Where are you going? Detend. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. Let that kid get up and walk around. Yeah. And then just make sure he knows to go back to his seat as long as he doesn't disturb people, mm -hmm. you know? Like, treat him like a fucking, like, adult and friend in a way but with like mutual respect and that would like really help, you know, yeah. but like, Oh, 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 time teaching was when I leveled with them and was like, yo, I'm, I'm getting a paycheck mm -hmm. and I've got to be here regardless. If you guys pass, that's good for you. But if you don't really like, you're only hurting yourself. So yeah. if you want to learn, you can. And if not, 
then you can be a part of the class that doesn't move on. And uh, But the kids that want to learn, we're here to learn. So let's learn. Who wants to learn? And they would, I'd be like, whoever wants to learn, come come to this side of the room. Yeah. Who doesn't want to learn? And then the kids that didn't want to learn were almost like ostracized because there was more kids that were like, yeah, I actually want to do this. Yeah. And then the kids that didn't want to learn were like, like I learned that silence is so important because I, I was like, I would be like, stop, everyone, get, why are you... And it's like, that doesn't do shit. Yeah. But if you stop talking, mm -hmm. then kids are like, oh, shit, shit, shit. The, the teachers, you stop talking. What's, Thumbs what's up. he saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's then, what comedy, too. That Dude, that helped me so much in comedy, you know? And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I try to look at, like, everything as, oh, shit. as a lesson to be learned. Um it's just a matter of how fast you want to learn it. Like every experience you have, if it's bad, it's still good. Man. When your dad passed away and you and your mom became closer and you had to be her, you had to be her support system and she had to be your support system too. Of course. Um, were, were disciplinary lines blurred? Like, did you feel like her friend or did she clearly let you know you were still her son? And there's rules that you have to follow, or was it kind of just like, like you can call your mom by your by her first name? No, it wasn't you, that. Uh, no, come on. I don't How know do we... why you push back. We're here. Just press OK. Oh, scams, skedaddlers. <clears throat> so you couldn't call her by her. You didn't call her by her first name. No, did you call your mom by your first name? My, do I call my mom by her first name? No, but have my siblings definitely. So that's why I asked that question because I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen people call their parents by their first name in different homes and shit and like kind of just like watch that relationship. Some parents don't know how to parent, so their approach is friendship, right? Their approach is just like, look, you just got to be here until you 18. That's not friendship. You, and then once you out of here, you kind of on your own, but I'll, I'll provide and give you things that you need. That's not friendship. That's not a parent treating their kid like a friend. That's more of like a authoritarian of like, here's here's the limit of my love. Once you're 18, you're on your. That's like not friend. Friendship is like, all right, well, you're in trouble, I, but I'm gonna let you get off. Okay, all right, well, you want to no, stay up late. You heard it. I mean, like they're like they look at the responsibility as a thing of like. They're like, look, once you turn 18, you can make all the decisions you want. But once, but you're still in this house, and my only job is to keep you alive while you're still in this house until the age of 18. Right, I've but seen that people do that. Right, but that's not to me. That's not like treating your kid as a friend. That's treating them as like almost like a burden. Like. Once you're 18, you're done. Not that like the situation from you for you. No, that's that's not what I view as like a parent having a, their kid as a friend. A parent like is I'm like asking you what like type of relationship you have with your mom. My mom was e eternally giving and kind and there for me, okay. but there was also a thing of you know like my mom has never, I put my mom through so much fucking hell and 
I can't imagine. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. You're asking me to do a deep dive into my life while I'm fucking playing fucking Super Mario. It's like, which one, which part of my brain do you want me to access? One where I'm good at a game or one where I half-heartedly do like a psychoanalysis of the mother-son relationship that has developed over the past 38 years. No, I can't do both. I'm bad at... You're doing stand-up. You got to think about the next five jokes while also dealing what's in front of you. No, I don't. I stay in the moment. stay in the moment? Uh Uh-huh. I say what's in my head. Oh, I got little again. Oh, ooh. Am I dead? So you were help me. You gotta help me. I'm, what are you talking about helping you? I'm Look, the one that's he says here. help me. Oh shit! I couldn't even figure it out. See, now I'm dead. Look, and now I'm about to get that spirit. Oh no, you came back. Look at that. It made me go through all that panic for what? But I'm a little guy now. I mean, that seems appropriate. I've been a little guy my whole life. Dude, I got into it with a guy at the air on an airplane. Uh-huh. Oh my god, he was like if Carlton from Fresh Prince was also like a fucking, uh, like. Like all about vaccines, okay. he was like in like a suit and like had two masks on, and uh, these. First of all, I get on the plane. He's in my seat, window seat. I don't, I don't care. I'm not like eh. I'm like oh is, oh I'm actually in this this seat. And he goes, fine. I'm like well that's a weird reaction. And then uh, there was like shifting around, and I go um. Before I moved, this guy goes, "Hey, my um, my wife's pregnant. Would you mind if um, we?" So I went to a window seat. He went to, he had an aisle, aisle seat or middle seat or something. I don't, yeah. I don't know. And the guy was like, "Hey, my my wife's pregnant. Do you mind if we just was switch really seats? Pregnant? Yeah, okay. if we what switch was she seats, she was." She, if she was fat, he was lying. But either way, she seemed like she desperately needed help. So, you got a wonder seed. Yes! So he's like, uh, do you mind switching seats so I can just sit next to my wife? Mm-hmm. And the guy goes, actually, I do mind. Yeah. And because they, they would have had to sit him in the aisle seat, her in the other aisle seat, so they're yeah. far away. And uh, I go, because one of them had the middle and I had the window, right? Mm-hmm. So the guy goes, yeah, actually I do mind. And I go, you know what? I don't mind, I have my seat. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, that's, that's, that was your good deed. Thank you very much. I go, yeah, no problem. You have my seat and you, you're an asshole. Okay, I, right. You, you're an asshole. You that's put what your I did. finger in this face? Oh yeah, fuck him. But you escalated the situation. He was a dickhead. He was a dickhead for not giving up a seat? Yeah. A pregnant woman? Yeah. But. I don't I don't think so. I don't think why because your your pregnant wife is your responsibility, not mine. Like like we see how society treats kids, right? I feel like I'm a foster kid. I I've got to see how I've got to see the other side of this whole like children first and this that is like that's a farce. That's just to get people riled. Oh, uh, I think right? treating children so, as a little god and deifying them and giving them whatever they want, and you you make your own decisions. But it's six years old. That, that is well. awful. Like Who? Sweet, like Sweden gives you money to raise your kid. Right, but that's still not parents letting children make their own no, decisions. No, 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 no. And also, Sweden is such a small population, and they're all white. So, I mean, well, not anymore. Not with 
migrants. Yeah. But uh, they, I, I hate the comparison between us and Sweden and Norway. I mean, it's like but that's the they only have such a comparison because that's. But you can't compare because of the population size. I know, but no. I'm That's the thing. Of course, it works in their system because they have a smaller population. The we other have countries get to do billions of. What other countries? Other countries do work. What other countries? Because we still got to go back to the original thing. I don't think you're. I don't think giving up a seat to a pregnant woman. I think it's more virtual signal. Uh, Where are you going? I got. I'm hungry. I got to get my food. I got to get my food. You're in, no, keep it recording. Oh, this is I real. Know, but you dropped something, so I have to make sure. This is real. I so I if me personally, if Michelle I, was pregnant, it's up to me. It was up to me to look at the seat arrangements and change them before we get on the flight. It's sure. up to me to make sure that she is comfortable from beginning to end, right? So I need to go on this app. I need to look at the seat arrangements. I need to speak to the person at the front gate to make sure that anything, that speak everything Speak at is, the front gate? Oh, what you are you speaking about at the you, front gate? So, man, me and my wife, we fucking travel differently now. We go to the front gate. We ask, because one, first class tickets are way lower when you talk to people at the front gate. When you get to the gate and then you're about to check in, you can literally pay them and be like, yo, what's the seat arrangement look That's like? That's only this? if they're open. What Even, if it's a full packed flight but you and still put you on. could only get those seats available when you got the tickets? What if they were the last is. two tickets on the plane? But dog, this is what I'm saying. It's, but then you have to deal with that. If the person says no, then you have to deal with that. You don't get to demonize this person for not giving a fuck about your family. You, and Michelle, I think it's virtue. I think it's virtue signaling. No, virtue, fail, virtue signaling would have been if I was sitting there and I tweeted about it nah, or did or get... did it and said a man wouldn't give up a seat so I did la la I didn't but do it did for anyone else for what I feel is justifiably I gotta, right uh-huh uh-huh you're not letting me talk yeah yeah I am when you felt like you were you were in the right because you I was give up your seat to a pregnant woman where the actual person who is responsible for that pregnant woman is the nigga who knocked her up. Listen, don't let, don't cut me off. Do not cut me off. When me and Michelle, because we, we travel all the time, when we book seats, we look at the layout. We go, there's one in between us. You know what that means. Somebody's going to sit here. Now, if they choose not to move, which has happened, if they choose not to move, are you okay with that? If she goes, no, it's up to me to either move my seat over beforehand or move her seat over so we don't have to run into that. But she is my responsibility, no one else's responsibility. Pregnant or not, that's my wife. So if somebody decides to give up a seat for my wife, thank you so much. But if they don't, they're not a bad guy for doing that. And I think that's a fucked up thing to do to be like, this lady is pregnant. She can be a terrible mom. She can she can be, we don't know this person, but because we're going, you're an asshole because you didn't give up the seat to me, that's virtual signaling. Because you want everybody else on the plane to know that you are the hero. Not I, you, but when I, I've seen people do that. I didn't and do it loud. Like, I didn't do it loud. I didn't make a scene. I walked by and I went, no, no problem, you're welcome. 
And you're, you, you're an asshole. But how is he an asshole for how? going, yo, I paid for this. Because guess what? I paid for this seat. Guess and what? to y'all, you could have figured it out. Guess what? He, first of all, mm -hmm. was sitting in my window seat. So he mm -hmm. tried to get one over on me. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So first of all, that's wrong. All right. Okay. So that's what he's wrong at. So, so then he's politely asked, would you mind? He had an aisle seat, right? Yes. He had an aisle seat. Mm -hmm. So they, his, his aisle seat, look, ready? I'm listening. I can no, hear you. No, no. You, you, you need to look. His, his, this is the aisle in the middle. Uh -huh. One, two, three. I had a window seat, mm -hmm. husband in the middle seat, yes. asshole in the aisle seat, yeah. wife in the other aisle seat. Yeah. So if he switched with the wife, mm -hmm. he would still have an aisle seat. Mm -hmm. So you're switching aisle seats. It's not like he's switching, he's taking a middle seat. Mm -hmm. He's taking a, a seated, he's switching aisle seats. Okay. So he was an asshole. And what was his reason not to do it? I didn't get into it. I don't need a fucking reason. So I, why, he, but why don't you need a reason? You because. You need a reason to call him an asshole. Yeah. You did not need a reason to call him an asshole. You already assumed he's in the wrong because he was sitting in your seat. And, and, and you did this whole layout. And I'm like, okay. Now. But he, when he said, when they said, sorry, do you mind if my, my wife sits in, in this, do you mind switching seats mm -hmm. with me so that me and my wife can sit together? And, if that guy and, and no. he goes, he didn't say, oh no, I'm sorry. He said, actually I do mind. Mm -hmm. He was a smug prick. Okay? okay. And I said, I don't mind. You can have my seat. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. And you, you're an asshole. Fuck him. I know. Ian. And then. He started mouthing off. You're adding new shit, Ian. Well, I couldn't get to it because fucking Ian, you're, you you're interrupting. You're interrupting. the whole time. No. Let's run the footage back. Run it back. You've been cutting me off the whole time because all I said was, wait, you kind of, you kind of an asshole. Not you kind of an asshole, but why is it that guy's responsibility to get up and move? I just don't like that. And then we took it other places. I was like, you know. Dude, the kids are in the future because I thought you were going to take it there. But in the day, that guy's wife and his family is his responsibility. I if understand. If person does not want to move, it's either they just have to deal with it. I but, understand. But do you understand the context of the situation where the guy was trying to take my seat, mm -hmm. acted in a huff to get up, mm -hmm. and then when they said, do you mind, instead of going, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I want to sit. I know, but he he goes, yeah, me. actually, I do mind. He was an asshole. I know, but I'm saying, why did you have to be the person to put him in his place? Because they, we were all in the same fucking row. You're not answering my question. Why did you have to be the person to put him in his because place? Because if I moved, then they would get their wish of sitting together. Why did you, but you put him, you moved, but then you still took the extra moment out of your life to go, and you're an asshole. Because the guy was an asshole. And if you act like an asshole, you should fucking know about it. I know, but... Fuck him. I'm not going to be passive-aggressive and make eyes with other people and go, this guy. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Yeah, no, you're being you an asshole. All right, see ya. But when have I ever been... When have I ever been not outspoken? Okay? Outspoken? Yeah. 
And also, you were accusing me. I could be an asshole too. I could totally be in the wrong. I'm not saying you're an asshole. No, you were saying I was virtue signaling. Yes, which doesn't mean an asshole virtue signaling to me. You want people around to know that you are a good person. I didn't care about that. It was so not about that. So then why did you have to because my, the guy in his place? Because my moral compass and my barometer for right and wrong mm -hmm. told me that he was wrong. Mm -hmm. And when people are rude to other people, it really ticks something off in me. And motherfuckers need to know. I know and not. he started getting into it with me. And... Uh, we were coming back from Vegas. It's a cross-country flight, by the way. It's not like it's from here to Can fucking I use Boston. As a, yeah. as a thing? Just don't spill anything on it, or else I'll lose my mind. Uh, it was a cross-country flight from fucking Vegas. Okay. It's like an uncomfortable flight. Should I answer my question? But She's I listen, listen, listen. Also, they want to be together. She wants to lean on him. Maybe they they plan the trip too late. I don't know. It doesn't hurt to ask, and he's well within his right to say no. But to say it, yeah, actually, I do mind. You're an asshole. Fuck you. I know, and I'm still, you're, we're still not getting to the... To the what? The actual point of... Well, I haven't finished my story you, yet. But regardless, no, you finished the story to the point where I'm like... No, I haven't, I haven't... need to be the hero for? You keep... What because you, I have a savior complex, too. I'm well it. aware. That's all I'm well aware. Do. I'm well aware. But that doesn't Sometimes make you I, right. A savior I never said right it just means you feel the need to interject in that moment yes but you didn't let me finish the story because you started accusing me of virtue signaling and this but and that and then we got to an another asshole. thing gonna, that doesn't that. that doesn't mean I'm virtue signaling that means I'm a fucking dick I'll be a dick cool I'll be a dick for what's right virtue signaling nigga that's not virtue signaling. Do you even know what virtue signaling is? Virtue signaling is saying something you don't believe in or doing something that you think is so like like. I uh, told you my, but I told you my definition, and it right. could be wrong. My definition is you're doing it in a way that lets everyone know you are the right person in this situation. Nobody knew because it was slightly between me and him. So the couple didn't see it. The couple said it, saw it, and mm -hmm. thanked me. But virtue signaling is an empty gesture so that you are perceived as good. The gesture I did was not empty because action was actually taken mm -hmm. during the gesture. Virtually signaling, virtue signaling is uh, if, you know, I'm online and I'm, you know, like, uh, just so you guys but know, women... For sure, so but but again, virtue. No, no. I acted in a way that I felt was right for what I believe, and yeah. virtue signaling is acting in a way that you don't believe, but you're doing it so you can be perceived as good. So there's a difference. I was not virtue signaling. I do that, not care. That, well, I, I apologize because that's how it came up to me. I understand. I like, All right, look. I understand. The guy. I don't care what the, anyone if thinks. The guy was wrong or right. It's between those three people. I don't care. And you didn't have the right to call him an asshole to his face just because you didn't like how he did. Yeah, but also like, those people, it was a passive aggressive situation between everyone. Mm -hmm. And also, I didn't care and I don't care what anyone thinks about me. 
I know what I think about me. And if I see something within my range that I feel is wrong, mm -hmm. I have a problem where I'm going to interject myself and go, hey, fuck you. You understand that can be dangerous, right? I understand. I understand. And also, if something was popping off on the train, I would probably get fucking stabbed to death because I'd run my fucking mouth mm -hmm. and interject. I don't want to live in a world where I see something within my range, within mm -hmm. my area, as a perceived injustice for what I know is against what I feel is morally right or wrong mm -hmm. and just let it happen. I never want to be a guy. It wasn't a pre perceived injustice. The only person that he wronged was you because he sat in your seat originally. No, he wronged them no. by being rude to them in his rejection. Mine. No. That, to he me, did. that's how white guys talk. He was white. black. Oh, good. High five. He was fucking you black. Know, fuck, I'm on his side. <laughs> fuck I'm him. I'm on his side now. Fuck him. I thought he was white. I forgot that you said black Carlton. I thought Carlton. I'm on his side now. It's, it's, he, look. For some reason, I thought it was white. And I'm like, that's how y'all talk. No, see? It's not about race. It's about right or wrong. He was being a dick. About him saying so then he started mind. He started popping off to me. What and he goes, uh, he goes, uh, what would he say? I forget. He said something, but the guy next to me was like a bigger guy. Mm -hmm. And he goes, he goes, uh, he, I forget how, but he, he called me. He goes, I'm a big guy and you're a little guy, so we fit better in our seats. And you I go, that to you. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I go, I go, you're you're a big guy and I'm a little guy. And he goes, and the guy next to you is a big guy, mm -hmm. so little guy goes next to big guy. Mm -hmm. And I go, it's still, it's the same seat. And he goes, but his elbow would have been touching me. Mm -hmm. And I go, well then, deal with it. I go, well at least you leave in Vegas a winner. And he goes, well I knew you would you would give up your seat. You look like that kind of guy. And mm -hmm. I go, what a nice little guy. And he kind of giggled. I go, look at us. We would make a good buddy cop film. Mm -hmm. And he laughed. And then we fist bumped and that was it. Oh, and he goes, he goes, he goes, I know I should have given them the seat, but you didn't have to call me an asshole. And I go, well, then you shouldn't have been an asshole because you're being one. If you don't want to be called an asshole, don't be an asshole. And then he kind of murmured, and then I go, look at us. We should be a buddy cop film. And then we fist bumped. And he had two, and he had two fucking masks on. He was a pussy. You see this shit? He was a fucking pussy. That's too much talking. Y'all have all that conversation on a goddamn flight? I never said I'm not mentally unstable. <laughs> I'm a fucking lunatic, dude. I know. I know. But we all are. There's no, I don't yeah. believe in... I don't believe in this normal thing. I think this chase for normality to feel normal is just a way for everybody to be medicated and all that shit. It's like, yo, you live how you live. Mm. I was just getting that thing before you even, because you didn't start throwing in those other things into after the fact. What other I things? I was just saying. Because you didn't let me finish dog, the story. Go on. All I'm saying is he was still in the, he, he was in the, he wronged you. But y'all still seemed like y'all had a decent flight, but... He didn't He didn't wrong me. He rubbed me the wrong way because he was rude to the family that asked him for a favor. And just because a favor is asked doesn't mean it has to no. go. But I've been asked on planes. I've asked on planes and moved people who said no. I didn't go, fuck this nigga, this motherfucker. I go, okay. 
Yeah, and that's what they did. But I saw it as a perceived slight in the way he rejected them. And that's them. why I'm saying you see why that you can see why that's dangerous because your perception of how things should go isn't the rest of the world. It's not how I understand. the rest of the world functions. I understand, you, but I function but how I in, function. I know, but you jump in, like the train thing you brought up, it's different. If you've seen somebody on the train getting their ass beat or being a victim, being victimized, yes, you can interject. But if you see yeah, somebody probably end like, up getting I fucking don't stabbed. feel like moving, and then you go, you're an asshole because you didn't move, I think that's wrong. You're well within your right to think it's wrong, and I think it's right. I mean, that's the way it is. You know? Two wrongs so will make a right, baby. <laughs> we'll be right back after this. But anyway, I still want to talk about childhood shit. I don't. <laughs> that's making you uncomfortable. What's makes the why? You don't want to talk about childhood? Your mom seems like a pretty great lady. And she you, is. Do you, do you have... She is. Do you feel she like... She is. Go ahead. Is it more of like, oh, I could have been a better son? Is that... What is it? What's making you so apprehensive to... No. Like, not want to talk about it because my she, she seems like she did the right thing she she did dude she did the best she could with mm. what she was given and god and you know i, I am so mass the, the reason i am the way i am today mm. is is because of her she raised me with love and care yeah. a lot of things happened to her to me and to us growing up and I don't care to spend time dissecting that and getting into it because we've grown past it. And all that matters is we have a great relationship today. It wasn't good for a very long time. Mm. And we both experienced incredible traumatic events, you know, especially, and we never dealt with it. The first time we ever really talked about the day my dad died was Christmas 2019 and he, and he died in 1993. So there were a lot of times when it was, you know, no, it was, it was me acting out yeah. because of sadness and anger, but I didn't have the vocabulary to, to, to say that. Yeah. And her wanting me to be better and mm. seeing me sad made her sad. Mm. So it was a lot of posturing of, I'm fine, you're fine, I'm fine, we're fine, and we're both not fine, but we don't know how to communicate that. So it's these outbursts and these blow-ups from me and her as a way to deal with what happened, what's going on, without actively discussing it. Mm. So there were a lot of issues you know, she did a lot of fucking wild shit. I did a lot of wild shit. But it was just two people trying to navigate situations that nobody should have to deal with, mm -hmm. you know? And it it is what it is. And it it I'm just so grateful that we have each other and we always had each other. And it just took me a long time to see that and get rid of the anger I had towards the world and to her and to this and to that. And, uh, you know, I might, my dad, every day before he left for work, he'd write us a, a note on yellow legal pad. And I have stacks of these notes. And I've struggled with my identity and my anger and the, you know, anger at God and the world and this. And, uh, you know, looking back at those notes so many times, my dad would write, 
Just be Ian and everything will be okay. Be the happy, loving kid that we've raised with love and happiness and everything will work out. And I just... I mean, this was at eight. Not yeah, eight, because it's passed away. Seven and eight. Six, so seven, and like eight. six, seven, and eight. And I forgot that messaging for fucking two decades. Were you two and a half with decades. identity even as a kid, like before he passed away? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I always knew I was different and I had these weird attractions. And I felt wrong and, you know... Um, I was very like religious and I was afraid of going to hell. And then when your dad dies, when you're eight and you're like figuring out your body and these mm -hmm. things and everyone in your Catholic life is like, he's with you now forever. Yeah. You're like, oh, I don't want to be with me when I'm like, looking at the computer, you know. But he'll probably like help out. But he'll be like, no, son, hold it like this. Oh my God, he fucking <laughs> dickhead. But what I'm saying is that the message was always there. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't able to see it and receive it mm -hmm. until I was way older and I went through all this shit. And I'm, I'm grateful it for it, right man. Time. I had to get my scrapes. I had to fuck up. And goddamn, thank God my mom never turned her back on me for the shit I put her through. You know, and, uh, you know, she always, she always loved me no matter what, even when we were butting heads. And so I'm just so grateful that, you know, she never leaves the house. She never leaves Delaware, mm -hmm. but everywhere I go, I get her like a little trinket or I, I'm sure to call her and update her. So wherever I go in the world, mm -hmm. I can take her with me. And I just want to be a guy that when you see me and interact with me, you're yeah. like, man, you're pretty dope. And that's a direct reflection of my mom and dad. That's what, but. You had that in you done with this? No. You had that in common with the kids you was working in the, in the city. Most of those kids that you taught live the same life you live. They're no. not there because of something they can't handle, something they couldn't control. And they're they're they got a mom who's doing their best. Mm-hmm. But that's where your common ground was. That's where I related, and that's why I loved that. huh? Did you discover that while you were teaching? Because we started the conversation well, that, off with like no structure, going from this white world with no structure. Yeah. And I'm like, but your world wasn't like that. But that's, Because your world, your world, once you hit eight, your world changed. And honestly, your world is the same exact world of inner city youth. Well, that's, well, with, with you know, di with differences and everything, you know. I mean, Re like. Religion plays a big part. Religion, economics. Go ahead. What's the economic? So your mom was living off of a single household income. Right. She worked her ass off. Right. And every once in a while, a partner would chip in or something, or you had other family members mm -hmm. that chip in, correct? Mm -hmm. On top of that, um, religion. A lot of black families are religious, mm -hmm. regardless if it's Islam or um, uh, being Christian of Christian faith. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the other one? You had to deal with an unexpected death. A lot of people deal with that shit. So I'm saying you had a lot more in common. A lot of abuse. A lot of abuse. <laughs> well, no, there's some kids that don't get their ass whooped. A lot of black kids don't get whooped. 
Oh, I got whooped like a fucking black kid. Come on, come <laughs> ah, I can't say that. I was a bad kid. Yeah. So, but what I'm saying is, dude, that's you. You bring up a good point. I always have known that I'm black. Well, no, I'm saying that's an American experience. Well, yeah, like, that's that's we, why I relate to fucking. That's why I fucking. I think I went towards teaching because I was like, a lot of these kids are like me, man. and I'm like them, and I want to help. Man. And that's why I fucking love. It's I. I feel like I can like relate and no, be no, like. Man friends and stuff with black people off the jump because not that our experiences are similar i'm not trying to co-op that but like you know i was the only one in my yes i was the only one growing up in my friend group in my school in my family Mm -hmm. that had fucking adversity in these things and and it was like so lonely as a kid seeing everyone with the things that i didn't have yeah and you know i got over it but like you know i was the only one with like a fucked up family i was the only one with like all this shit going on no i get it you think your family is fucked up but it wasn't fucked up you just had a dad die that's not a fucked up thing oh i haven't even scratched the surface with Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah but that's why i think i gravitate towards people that are troubled and like mm. comics yeah. because a lot of comics have fucked up backgrounds and I was always the one kid that all this shit happened yeah. to and then I get involved in comedy and I meet you and I meet all these people that it's like, oh dude, we're yeah. like, we're that's fucking cool. bonded, yeah. you know? Mm. And that's why I feel like a lot of people get into comedy that come from well-to-do families yeah. and come from this and they don't, they have a hard time relating to people. and. I, I, I'm not happy that that stuff happened, but I'm so grateful because it made me who I am. And I'd much rather be me and someone that fucking, and especially going to like rehab and like living in halfway houses and jail and stuff. Like I've hung around with more people from the bottom of the barrel that like I fucking love. Yeah. And I'd much rather be around people that like struggle and work on themselves to get better than people that have like, lived a good life in Connecticut, <laughs> you know? Like I love, like a lot of my friends are like in gangs and like hardcore music You're gangs. Too old for that shit. And I know, <laughs> but I like that. it, I like I'm it. Like a lot of them gangs. are like, oh yeah, I got locked up this weekend, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, tell me more. You know, like when I was in high school, yeah. I had friends at different schools that were in like gangs and stuff. And I loved being like the fun guy that would shit talk and then they'd have my back. I was yeah. such a pussy. But, uh, you know, like okay. I, and, and dude, if, if I didn't have, if I didn't grow up without a dad and all this stuff, I would have never got involved in music. Mm-hmm. And dude, my mom used to drop me off in Philly to get me out of the house and I'd go to these shows and I'd meet these people. And then I found this music that like gave me an ethos and was like a dad to me that I didn't have because I learned how to live through the lyrics. Music. It was ska and it was punk rock and hardcore. You know, a lot of hardcore is about, you know, like having your friends are like family. You have your friends back no matter what. You stand up for what's right. You know, we're all united. Like all this like cheesy rah-rah stuff. But it really gave me a, a an idea of like these these like ethos and way to live that I think that if I came from like a normal regular family, yeah. I would have not been searching and seeking so much for answers that I wasn't getting from... A mom and dad. Does that make sense? No, I get it. I you know? everything you said. And, uh, you know, and my mom made it happen, man. She would take me to record stores and drop me off, and I would just sit and listen to music and talk to these. I was in, like, fifth grade talking to, like, 
high schoolers and college kids about like music and I was going to yeah. buy a rap album and they were like, no, 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 you don't want that. You, you listen to this stuff and you want rap? No, no, no. Yeah. Listen to this. And they put me on the hardcore. Yeah. And I remember it like changed my life, you know, because I had these older kids that were like, you know, oh, little dude, we're going to steer you right, yeah. you know? Steer and my first right. job was at, <laughs> so like fun. a record store, you know? Steer like, you right. yeah. That's why, dude, I feel like um, it's so weird with technology because music was so important to me and I learned about music through other people. Mm. And like, oh, dude, you and I get along? I'll mm. probably like what you like. What mm. do you like? Oh, cool, I'll listen to that. Yeah. And now it's just like an algorithm and you can just like listen. But like there was something so special about getting a record yeah. of a band you like and looking at the thank yous. Right. And they list other bands and you go, oh, dude, if these guys like these guys, well, I'm going to check these guys. Huh? That's dope. I didn't even yeah. get that deep into it. I got like, burnt CDs yeah. for burnt CDs or other cassettes. Yeah. Like the first time I got an album was in the group home. It was a Fuji's album. And it was, it was a great album, but I didn't even think about that. I yeah. didn't think about the, the thank yous and all that yeah. shit. I was so used to just getting yeah. tape that someone else gave Well, me dude, talk about... Copy or something. Well, that's the thing, yeah. too. It's like that is such an intimate sharing of yeah. friendship and knowledge where you Absolutely. go, hey, I made this. It's a hard copy. Take it. Yeah. You know. So I would get tapes from people. And also, back to my dad, mm. my dad... When my mom was pregnant with me, my dad would play the guitar next to her belly and they'd put records on and they'd dance with me. So I've always been very like... Your dad's a musical dude? Yeah, yeah, He was in a band and like I was always so musically drawn to just... I was dancing the second I was born, you know? And I mean, dance is in my name, Fi Dance. And so uh, (laughs) I... um, Oh, so my dad died and... Years later, I found all these tapes, and he had made mixtapes off of records. And so I would listen to the music, look up the lyrics, find out what band it was, and then get into that band. And listening to these tapes over and over in my car, I could hear like the record scratch, or sometimes he'd talk into it, and he'd record him and his friends talking and playing music. And I'm like, oh my God, what a gift. What That's yeah? What a gift right. to be able to know my dad in this way after he died. That's because cool. all I ever wanted was to know him as like a guy my age or like a man. I never did because yeah. he died when he was thirty-seven. I was eight, mm. so I was always seeking this How like thirty-eight. Ooh. So I outlived my dad, man. and that's how does that feel? How's that? It's it's weird, man. It's like. Right. It, you know, it kind of hits me when I go home and see my mom, yeah. you know, because it's still the same house. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was it was like very strange when I turned 37. But, you know, like, how lucky am I that I got to know him in a way, even after he died, that, you know, showed me a side of him that some people don't even have yeah. with their alive fathers, yeah. you know? So it's like, it took me a long time to look at all this shit in a way of like, I like who I am today. And I'm that way because of this, so I'm grateful for this. Because any other way of looking at it, it's just gonna lead you to anger, Mm -hmm. resentment, fucking, you know. You gotta, I feel like you have to like who you are because you stuck with you. Yeah, but it's so hard. I know. It's so hard because you, you, especially like- outside influences. 
Yeah, but also you know your deepest, darkest mm. whatevers and you know, like you know your behaviors and you can hate them and like, no. dude, we have to watch ourselves all the time and I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm like obsessed with myself and hate myself at the same time. Yeah. So it's like a vicious Tactic cycle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you know? want to fix things. That... I get it, I go through the same shit. Especially like yeah. with comedy, we have mm -hmm. to, you know, we're like rabbis examining the Torah. We're constantly analyzing and thinking, and how do I feel about this and then this and this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, man, that is me under a microscope. That just, mm. you know, I'm so self-obsessed, and I, I do love myself, but I hate myself. So it's a constant battle, yeah. you know. But I feel like that's what drew me to this art. That's what drew me to this field of like yeah. always seeking and looking and and wanting. You know, to like know and like figure it out, and and uh, you know, it's it's just fucking. I don't know. Like you're right. You do have to love yourself, but it's so fucking hard. You know. Man. <laughs> Let's play this game. Man. Sorry. No, no, no! Don't apologize. My bad. I like that. I like that we came to like a real a real moment because we started off with turbulence. We started off like. Fucking virtual yeah. signaling, motherfucker! This, that, that, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, here. This is friendship. Yeah, this is how friendship that's what works. friendship is. This it's is okay to argue. Works. It's okay to not agree. But as long as it ends with this, yes. And did, but did the conversation on the plane end with this? It ended with this. <laughs> <laughs>